to I Love It, Don't You? The podcast where friends share with friends whether they like it or not. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Kim. And I'm Janelle. And I, Elizabeth, recommended this week. I recommended Shameless to Kim and Janelle, who have both not seen it. It's about a poor family in, I think, South Chicago. Or could be anywhere in Chicago, really. But they're in Chicago, and... They're the Gallagher's. I think it's a lot of fun. And neither of them have seen it before. So we're just going to go ahead and get y'all's first impressions, I think. Who wants to go first? I want to hear Janelle's first. Okay. So to give a little bit more background on it, it's it's about a, a giant family. It's like six kids being led by the oldest sister named Fiona, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting because she takes such a, a motherly kind of role. And yet she's also a really laissez-faire The coolest part of this show, though, is just that everybody, you would think that it would kind of turn into a free-for-all in some ways, Mm -hmm. and everybody in the family is independent, but they also really chip in and, like, neighbors chip in and everything when something bad is going on. So, like, if somebody's in trouble, everybody tends to drop whatever they're doing to help out. Um, yes. And so it's, it's cool to see that in a show that's, you know, about debauchery, that there's still a community. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> okay. So are you liking it? Yeah, I'm liking it. It's it's okay. a little bit tough to watch, though, is the only thing. For I don't know why. It, it feels... Each episode feels long to me. I'm not necessarily bored, but when I'm done with an episode or I'm three quarters of the way done with an episode, I feel like I've been watching it for at least an hour to an hour and a half, you know? Okay. And I don't know why. I enjoy it, though. Yeah. I can only take it in bits. It's on Showtime, right? So are the episodes longer than the normal? They might be longer than the normal 42 minutes. I didn't pay that much attention. Yes, that makes sense. I haven't checked how long the episodes are on Netflix, but it is on Showtime, and I don't think Showtime has commercials, and their shows last an hour. So it probably is longer than 42 minutes. So it's probably longer than what you're used to to watching like with something like that. I suppose. I never even thought to look, really. Me either. I found myself thinking that, that the episode was about to end a couple of times in the very first episode. And I'm the kind of person that I'm like, I never notice how long episodes are. I just want it to go on forever. But I noticed myself a couple of times being like, oh, this is, it's going to end now. Oh, that was the end. <laughs> All right, Kim. Yeah, so I am really enjoying it. I really like this glimpse into their lives. It's very interesting to me. It's not a world that I'm familiar with at all. So this is the kind of show that gets my attention and like makes me not necessarily fall in love with the characters, but sympathize a lot with the characters. And so I'm really, really enjoying it. That was just so happy. I was just so worried, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. So I'm just, I think I'm just really bad at recommending things to people because I really have no clue what someone's going to like uh, but I'm so glad you guys are liking it but I do have to say that I knew that it was graphic I knew it was graphic but I'd forgotten a couple of things that happened <laughs> in those first five episodes there there were times where I'm like I was trying to watch it through you guys' eyes I was like I don't know I don't know how they're going to react to that <laughs> that right. scene yeah so. like Kevin's full male nudity yeah, being on the bed in, like, yes. the first or second episode. Yeah, I completely <laughs> yeah, it, forgot about that. If you do not like nudity or do not like shows with sex in them or language, this is a hard pass for you. 
Yes. Yeah. Just, just yeah. a warning to the listeners. Like, if, if that stuff bothers you, take a pass on this one. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, something that is interesting, though, to me is the, the sex itself, when it's portrayed, it's not as graphic as I would think it would be. But everything else is, which is, is kind of strange to me. Like, the actual act itself, I mean, you see stuff, but, like, not... I, from what I've seen of Game of Thrones, I don't think it's nearly as, like, crazy as, as that or anything. The level of nudity on Game of Thrones is higher than on Shameless. They both have a lot of nudity, though. Let's be honest. But I do think it's higher on Game of Thrones. I have no questions prepared. I need to think about this. <laughs> okay, so I think that Fiona is one of the most interesting characters to me. I mean... I love them all, and they're all interesting in their own ways. But in the first episode, she has a moment with Ian where they're sitting on the couch, and Frank is on the floor. I forgot about Frank. He's on the floor snoring, passed out drunk. Fiona tells Ian, it feels good to be needed or wanted. And Ian's like, well, dang, if all you wanted to do was feel needed, then, like, you have a job with for life with Frank. And then Ian leaves, and Fiona has this moment where, like, she's about to cry, but she doesn't let herself, and she pulls herself back. That's not the last time that's going to happen. And the show, and you hardly ever see Fiona cry. And it's those moments where she, like, almost shows that, like, everything is getting to her that make her so fascinating to me. And kind of, Mm -hmm. like, what does she want versus, like, Steve and Tony, uh, you know? Right. Uh, I think that she knows that Tony's, like, probably the right or good guy or whatever, but she wants to be with Steve because of the instability of it. She's not used to being stable, um, and I don't think right. she knows how to deal with that. I think it's fascinating. And when she thought Steve was stable, that was a negative a for off. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The crazy thing to me, though, when I think about this is, while Tony is probably morally and objectively the better choice realistically Steve probably is because if you look like Tony being a police officer they're not going to be able to get away with all that stuff anymore yeah like you know stealing somebody's water heater or um you know they wouldn't be able to make a big plan to return Debbie's you know, stolen child <laughs> if they've got a cop there who's going to have to be the moral compass of everything. And so it's it's kind of a catch-22 to me where it's like it would be better for everybody if they had a positive role model, but could they survive if they did? That's like a good Fiona, point. Can she really be turned away? Maybe she needs somebody that is doesn't have a stable situation, so if they leave, it won't be a massive impact, and if they're there, it won't be a, you know, a negative impact besides being unreliable, you know? Which is, which can be a big thing, but, like... Yeah, I get what you're saying. I wonder, I wonder if, like, Fiona was to really date Tony, if he would, like, turn into kind of an accomplice into, with their little schemes and crimes and everything. Right. Yeah, like, I feel I like know. he would look the other way. I feel like he already does look the other way. Yeah. Oh, he definitely mm-hmm. does. But when you're romantically involved with someone and then your butt's on the line if somebody gets, you know, in trouble, like, I feel like he would have to step up. Step up. Like, there's only so much he could turn a blind eye to. And some of the stuff that they do, there's no way that he would be able to. 
I agree I mean, with that too. If Debbie steals another child or a grandmother or <laughs> yeah. something, right. like I don't oh, think Debbie. he can ignore that. Right. I also think that there would probably be a point where uh, Tony would be like, "Oh, I can't, I can't do this anymore," because he's not used to that instability. But right. back to Steve, like I have so many feelings about Steve, and I can't go into detail about <laughs> Steve, but I will say that I'm at season five right now, and there's seven, there's six and seven, and seven's last season. But right now, Steve is irredeemable to me. Mm. At this point in the show, I really like Steve, and I am rooting for him and Fiona, even though those two characters, like, I really love Fiona, but they're still, like, I have, like, other characters that I love even more than, I don't, I love them all. Sometimes I just, like, I love you all so much. But where was I going with that? Steve. I'm real. I am rooting for them right now, and I do like Steve right now, but it's crazy, because, like, later on, I have a completely different view of him, and uh, I have that, like, with all of the characters, I have, like, a wide range of emotions of how I feel about them throughout the season. Sometimes I won't like one character, and then later on I'm like, oh, I like you now. I like this version of you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Steve, uh, Steve has more secrets to reveal. I'll just say okay. that. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about Steve. I like him somewhat, but, yeah, I like, I just don't fully trust him, for one thing. Yeah. And, I mean, he kidnapped and sent her father away like that's a pretty big deal oh yeah you think he shouldn't have done that like Mm -hmm. yeah frank was being whatever but steve had no right to do that that wasn't his call like he's stepping into this family and he doesn't understand all the dynamics and like yeah in some ways the kids probably hate frank but in some ways they love him too and you can't just ship their father off of course they're going to worry, like... Right. Yeah. He didn't even really have an excuse, though, did he? He was just kind of like, eh, yeah, I thought of it. Like, did he say that he was, like, drunk or anything? No, he did it on purpose. Like, yeah, he was trying to protect them in a way, in his mind. Mm-hmm. He thought the family would be better off without Frank. Right. So that was his justification. He wasn't trying to hide that. Yeah. Not that it would have made everything okay if he was drunk, but, like, it would. I would at least be able to be like, oh, okay, well, he's, like, a really stupid drunk. He's um, a yeah. But the fact that he just did it kind of, it, it screamed to me like homicidal maniac in the making, you know? So, like, for me, I know that Steve shouldn't have kidnapped Frank, but I was kind of like, get rid of Frank. I mean, like, I love Frank. <laughs> On one hand, I kind of, like, Frank is... A terrible father and a terrible human being. Uh, but as a character, I do really enjoy watching him. Right. And some of his later right. storylines are really funny. I mean, and I completely understand the kids being worried about Frank and missing Frank because no matter how horrible your parent is, you still love them. Right. But <laughs> I was kind of on Steve's side a little, even though I know it was wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny that he's in Canada. But Oh, it was um, definitely funny. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, and it's it's like Lip said, though. He's like, you know, everybody's laughing at you now, Frank, but they weren't until they found you. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think of the other characters? I could talk about any of the other characters, like, in detail. Is there anyone that you guys want to talk about in particular? Or do you just want me to, to choose one? Um, so I really like Kev. 
because, and I, I think part of it's just a soft spot for that actor. He was, he was on Reba and Mm -hmm. he was adorable on Reba. And so, and this is a 180 degrees difference from who he was on Reba, which is just so great. Like he's just so completely the opposite of who he was. Yeah. And is he though? I, I mean he's still betting women that he's not married to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's true. But he really loves V. He really loves her. I love them so much. Yeah, he is a lot different. He, he's a lot darker and edgier in this than oh, yeah. the family friendly Reba show. Oh yeah, no, I was just joking. I, so I find it very interesting to watch him and like, and I just love how V is constantly like letting the Gallaghers borrow all this stuff, and he's like, "What is going on?" Or where is my stuff, Gallaghers? Like, uh, I love every time he comes in and he takes something. There was like one and- episode where he literally just walks to their house and picks up stuff like right. I don't know if he even had any words in that scene and I love in I think it was episode five yeah it was where there or four where their water heater has gone out and so the Gallagher's go over to V and Kevin's house to take showers and he's like did I just see and then <laughs> he just distracts them more and yeah like the I door. Just, yeah I don't know something about that just cracks me up so much and right. yeah I really do um, like him and V together and really liked their fake wedding. Yes, so yeah. much. There's actually kind of like this other secret that Kevin is keeping. Okay. Um, and it, there's a really adorable storyline about it. And I, I think it's coming up in season one and I love it so much. So if you get there, Kim, you have to text me. Like, okay. it's so adorable. Yeah, I really like Kevin and uh, Veronica's relationship a lot too like it's kind of funny the whole time I was trying to remember if they had said whether they were married or not or if they were just fooling around how long they were together or anything like that and I thought it was a really interesting development that when you know like like the typical storyline would be oh somebody thinks they're getting married and spreads that information around, and he drunkenly proposes. Like, that story's been done a lot. And then the outcome is always, oh, he has cold feet because he was drunk when he asked. Mm -hmm. No, that's not how it is in this. He wants to marry her now that the opportunity is presented, and he knows that she's wonderful. He just can't because of polygamy. Right. (laughs) Or bigamy or whatever. And so I thought that was a really cool development, and it's interesting that... I don't know if it's realistic... But I thought it was really interesting that Veronica wasn't mad that he was already married. Like, she understood. Yeah. She was more just upset because she was excited about this thing. So I thought that was a really neat and semi-realistic way of taking an old plot line and and changing it, you know? So I think they're great. I I like their love a lot. I don't see good things for them in the future, though, Mm -hmm. just because... Kev can't stop looking up people's skirts and stuff. (laughs) But yeah. No, I think my favorite character, though, like, I really like Kev. And for a while, I really liked Debbie until she was, like, you know, crazy. Um, I still really like Debbie. (laughs) I mean, she's still funny, but I don't trust her any farther than I can throw her. The person that I've consistently liked this entire time has got to be Lip. Uh, Lip's my favorite. (laughs) I got so excited. That's like... 
My, I pushed my computer over. <laughs> yeah, I really like Lip too. <laughs> what do you guys think about him and Karen right now? I think they're really strange. Yeah. Because at first I was like, oh, this is terrible. Like, she's just, she's with him and she's already like cheating on him. But like, he knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have a problem. He knows that. that she's crazy. I don't really like Karen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I bounce back and forth. I think that she could be really sweet with her mom. Yeah. I think that's probably the sweetest we'll ever see Karen. At this point, when I was first watching, I was still kind of rooting for uh, Glip and Karen. But the thing is that what I found out later is that Karen is a lot like Lip's mom. Okay. Things get so messed up with Karen. I mean, I was fine with Karen, I think, until... I think it was the last episode, um, maybe the episode before, where she starts trying on purpose to, like, tempt Frank. And, like, I don't know what her game is with that, if it's she's trying to, like, get him to do something inappropriate so she can get him kicked out of the house or what. But I hate that. Absolutely hate what she was doing and that she was purposefully trying to, like, tempt Frank. Yeah. It's really gross. That's just kind of, I was like, and I'm kind of done with you. Thanks. Like, I don't know what you're up to. Yeah, Karen um, has a lot, like, it's... They kind of, like, I feel like you learn more about what's going on in Karen's mind. And it does it still doesn't make a lot of sense about what she's doing. Uh-huh. Um, but she's just a really messed up person. Which, if you look at her parent, I mean, all of these people are going to be very messed up people. Yes. And if you look at her parents, like, that makes sense. Like, her dad and his obsession with clowns is just freaky. It's so creepy. Uh- and then also <laughs> the way that he just talks about sex yeah it's a really big problem with being intimate but of course and then her mom is oh sheila okay sheila's one of my favorites i was gonna say i really like i love joan cusack like i will Mm -hmm. watch her in anything she is on screen like she is amazing pretty much in everything she does so that already makes me like her character in some ways and like i just have a lot of sympathy for her character because she's very messed Mm -hmm. up too but just this paralyzing fear that she has about the outside and the anxiety. And when she attempts to go somewhere, like, it is so incredibly sweet and heartbreaking because yes, mm-hmm. you know that she's not going to. And this is where Karen shows a better side. It is, is she understands, like, that her mom wants to do this, that this is hard on her mom, but it's not going to happen, you know? And... Yeah. And the way in which she interacts with her mom during those moments. I like her then, but outside of that, not so much. I find Joan Cusack's character very interesting. I just kind of try and disregard her fetish, though, because that's just weird. Oh, yeah, um, it is weird. <laughs> it's funny because Frank will put up with anything so that he has a nice place to live. And so yeah. he deserves it. But... <laughs> Yes. Shia's character grows the most out of all of the characters. Well, I mean, like, one of the characters that grows the most. Like, uh-huh. compared to Frank, Frank never changes. <laughs> Five seasons that now. That doesn't surprise Frank, me. <laughs> there's a, well, no growth, which is fine. That's completely fine. But I really like where Sheila's storyline ends up. It just makes me love her more. I've only grown to, like, really like her more as the seasons go on. Yeah. Several points. Yes, yes. <laughs> Number one, I don't think I've wanted anything more in recent memory 
then I wanted her to go to the wedding. Oh, no. <laughs> like, all I wanted was for Sheila to be able to walk out the door and go to the wedding. That was pretty painful. The second thing, though, is I don't think Karen gives a crap about Frank. Like, she probably likes Frank more than her own father. But more than anything, she hates her father. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, deep down inside, she probably loves him. But, like, on the surface, she hates him. If she doesn't care about what happens to Frank, what I have a feeling she's trying to do is to seduce Frank so that her father gets enraged and goes after Frank, and then one or both of them winds up in prison so that Sheila can then just be on her own with her mom. These are very interesting thoughts. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, since you said that it doesn't make sense, I imagine that's not what the answer is, but that seems like the most logical thing to me like, where this is heading, because, I mean, she doesn't care about Frank. She doesn't she care about Frank. She kind of wants him gone, too. Like, she, yeah, she talks to, to Lip about it that she doesn't like Frank, or right. doesn't want him around anyway. So, another thing, though, I'm kind of sad that Frank doesn't change at all. I don't care if he gets, like, redeemed or whatever, mm-hmm. but I wanted him to start standing up for his kids more. I don't see that happening. It's never going to happen. Like, there's so many funny moments where he doesn't stand up for his... Like, it's terrible. Oh, I'm sure it's it's great. It's so terrible. And sometimes it is really heartbreaking. Like, when he headbutts Ian and Ian's nose breaks. And, like, the family is just having this nice time watching the Delius catch or whatever. And then Freight comes in. And it just turns to chaos, you know? And that is, like, one of those heartbreaking moments. Yeah, I didn't mean that I ever wanted him to be good enough to get, like, the father of the year mug. But I just kind of hoped that, you know, there wouldn't be more of those moments where, or at least there would be less of those moments where, you know, he just comes in and just physically harms or mentally disrupts everything. Um, Because I feel like they could do that in ways that are dramatic, but not necessarily destructive to everyone. And I get that that's the point of the show. It's just, it's kind of difficult to watch is the thing. Yeah, it's kind of difficult to watch. It is kind of like the point of the show, you know, like it's just so outlandish at times and um, so out of control. So can we talk a little bit about Debbie? Like, I know Janelle briefly mentioned her. For me, I think Debbie, especially after stealing the baby, is profoundly messed up. But... Debbie, to me, breaks my heart the most because I think we are seeing the impact of this life that these kids are forced to live the most on Debbie. Like, we see this child who is trying to figure out her way, and she, out of all of them, still just loves Frank when they steal Aunt Ginger this older lady who was showing an interest and just genuinely loving her, like she attached very specifically to her. Debbie just breaks my heart in a lot of ways because I just think that Debbie is still very vulnerable and she hasn't reached the stage where we see that Ian has and Lip has and Fiona have where they've developed more this tough exterior and have... In some ways, they still love their family and and everything, but they've also, I think, cut off a, a part of themselves or made themselves get tougher, won't allow themselves to cry. I think they've kind of detached. Yes. Yeah, I think they've detached from Frank um, a lot. And we see where Debbie hasn't and where this is affecting Debbie so much more than it's affecting the rest of them because 
she still hasn't learned to detach. She's still very much is a child who just wants love and needs love. And so, yeah, she just breaks my heart. And she wants a home, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's really what she's wanting. She wants someone to nurture her, and she wants a home. And really, like, when I think about where all these characters started, I think eventually the show overall really falls through on some of these problems that they've set up in the beginning. Yeah. And the thing with Debbie that has been consistent, I think, she wants a home and stability. And that's why she got attached to Aunt Ginger, that you're right. And, yeah. like, that's kind of, like, why she got the baby. She wants someone to take care of and nurture, like... Well, and she even, when she's explaining why she snatched this child, she sits there and says, mm-hmm. like, she looked across the street and saw this girl playing with her father, and it wasn't fair. And that was one of her motivating reasons is she couldn't understand why this little girl got to have this happy life with a father who loved her and would play with her. And Debbie didn't. Yes. That was one of her motivating factors of stealing this child and making it a not happy life for these people then, which is totally and utterly messed up. I feel for Debbie. I just can't get past it, though. (laughs) It's especially because here's my deal with Debbie was that she was rewarded for, in the end, like, I know she wasn't rewarded for stealing the kid, but in the end, she got a reward that came about because of stealing the kid. Right. And her brothers and sister let her keep the money. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, she did something good with it, but I'm thinking down the line, like, what's going to happen when she starts thinking about doing something crazy again? And she's like, see, the last time I did something that was kind of bad, it worked out okay. I made it good because we now have hot water. Look what I did for us. You know? Right. I'm worried about where that's going to lead. I really think that doing something bad and then not getting rewarded per se, but just like earning money from it is really the Gallagher way. I mean, like, (laughs) that's really what they're all about, ultimately, and that's kind of how they learn to live. It's really interesting to see where everybody's storylines go, but anyway, I really liked, I know it was basically a reward, but I really liked that Steve bought her the baby with the stroller. And not only that, but it wasn't one of those times where he just came in and gave stuff away. He brought Fiona into the kitchen and was like, is it okay if I give this to Debbie? Right. You know, like, yeah. he asked before he did that. I was like, okay, Steve, like, some boundaries, that's good. Yeah, and in this episode, yeah. the way he interacted with Debbie, like, I, I did, like, because, yeah, it, you could see it as a reward, but also I think he saw the need that Debbie needed to feel nurturing, so he was trying to head off it happening again, maybe. <laughs> but, and also, at one point, when he's talking to Fiona about it, he says, she needs to get help. She needs to go to therapy. And Fiona dismisses him and says, we don't do that in the Gallagher household. But he had yeah. a valid point. Mm-hmm. And she does oh, very need valid. to go to therapy. They all need therapy. Right. They need group therapy, and then they need individual therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what I meant by a reward wasn't the baby doll. No, I no, think I know you, the money. The money. The money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, like, $700? Right. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know a moment I want to talk about. Mm. In the first episode, when Lip discovers that Ian is gay, what did y'all think about his reaction to all of that? You know, and then at the very end, a lot. Okay, no, I want to get y'all's reaction first. What did y'all think about how Lip reacted to that and handled that, and how the show kind of handled it? 
I thought it was interesting because I, I have really mixed feelings about that. I mean, it would take probably some adjustment time for most people, especially when you consider, like, what neighborhood they're in. Yeah. Like, Ian even says it later on, like, no, I can't come out. Can do you, you realize where we are? So I get it that there would be, like, some emotional adjustment. And not only that, like, they've been living in the same room together and they talk in a way that would suggest that they're both, you know, incredibly straight. Like, they talk about women's breasts and stuff all the time, even after Ian does come out. So, like, it just, it kind of felt like stereotypical, like, heterosexual males talking. So I could see where the adjustment period would be necessary. And I like how he comes around, and it really shows that they know each other, even though they he didn't, Philip didn't understand this aspect of Ian, like, he didn't know about it. Yeah. The fact that he can break the ice by cracking a joke that would be pretty edgy, and that be taken well by Ian, speaks volumes to their relationship. So I thought that was really neat. The thing that I have an issue with, though, is that Lips just, like, chilled out about the fact that his brother is screwing a married middle-aged man yeah who is not out of the closet i don't think lip has chilled out about that though yeah i don't think lip is really chill i think that ian knows that lip is thinks this is a bad idea he's not actively interfering with it anymore Mm -hmm. after the he initially finds out about it yeah i'm not surprised if lip is kind of annoyed by it still because but i mean lip is probably the chillest out of all of them he seems to be very discerning in, in what he decides to say and what he doesn't say. And yes. when he uses his words, he's very careful about selecting them. He comes off as nonchalant, but, like, he's very decisive. I feel like he really sees people. Like, after Steve kidnapped Frank and Steve's coming around trying to talk to Fiona, Lip opens the door and he just looks at him. And I'm like, <laughs> like he's seeing through his BS. I think that Lip is letting Ian make his own mistakes. I think he just realizes that there's so much that he can do to actually, like, control, like, I mean, I don't think he wants to control Ian's behavior at all, but I think that at the end of the day, Lip is going to be there for his brother. Right. Um, Oh, yeah. And I think they definitely have that relationship. Yeah, I kind of think about it, like, I like the way that it played out because I do... I think it was a shock for Lip because of the relationship he's had with Ian. He never expected it. It just took an adjustment. But I think he then accepts that his brother's gay. He doesn't accept the relationship his brother has. But he's not going to... He's going... Like Elizabeth said, he's going to let his brother make his own mistakes. And... Right. So I think there's a fine line. And he's being supportive of his brother... Of his brother being gay, but... His brother knows he still doesn't approve of the relationship he has. But, you know, you're not going to sit there and just be like, every single time it comes up or whatever, I don't approve of this. Once it's acknowledged, you're going to damage the relationship if you just keep harping on the fact that you don't agree with him sleeping with a married man who's not out of the closet. So I think Lip knows that and Lip knows what he needs to say and so that he can keep his relationship with his brother. And I just end up, I always love that scene at the end of the episode where they're both, like, in the van, and Lip is like, it's just not supposed to work that way, you know? It's a one-way system. 
And then Ian is like, what? What does that mean? It's like, what? We only have lungs to breathe? Like, not to, like, smoke cigarettes? And then they both laugh, and it's like this, like, understanding. Like, they've come to, like, okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna accept this, and yeah, I, I don't know if I completely understand, but I'm gonna try, you know? Like, um... And I just really like that scene because it does say a lot about their relationship. And Lip, man, just like, I don't know. Lip is, I just think he's a really great sibling, really to all his siblings. I think he really just has their back. Um, Even though he's kind of like, I mean, he's just like all of them. He's like chaotic and I don't know. There's something about Lip where I think he has more stability than the other characters in some ways not only that i kind of feel like he's a great son too because i don't think he hates his dad but he will bring his dad to task like he'll yeah he'll call him out on his bullcrap i mean it's a little bit confrontational but i don't think it's confrontational with respect to how their family talks to each other you know and to other people he's kind of just really matter of fact about things like when he's like you know kevin didn't have to tell me how much you spend I count your pack- pockets every night, so there yeah. you go. And, like, rides away. And I was like, boom! <laughs> <laughs> the show will discover, uh, explore more his relationship with his dad and the relationship with the mom that isn't there right now. And it's really interesting. Who ends up playing um, the mom? Because I know she does come back. Oh, I don't, I don't know the, her name. Um, and I don't remember seeing her uh, on any other shows. That doesn't mean that she hasn't been in its other stuff. What do you guys think of uh, Mandy and Ian? I, I surprisingly really like that. <laughs> I didn't think I would because she's crazy. One, I like that actress. She was on Suburgatory. So, yes. Um, so she has like a soft spot in my heart. So yeah, I find that I find them interesting and kind of kind of cute. Yeah, I think they're cute. Unfortunately, she goes on to do some purgatory after this for, I think, so she's not in it for the rest of the show. They replace her with another actress, actually. But I really like her time, the time that she spent on the show. It's same Um, character, but different actors? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I hate that. No. Yeah. I end up liking that Mandy, too, but I don't like her until, well, I mean, like, not that I dislike her actively, but I end up really liking her later on. Do you guys have any predictions or anything about any of the characters? We have we barely talked about Carl. He does have more storylines later on, but I do think Carl is one of the ones that is like forgotten about in the family and on the show. <laughs> like at the beginning, he's barely said anything. All he's really done right now, all we have seen so far is his periodic destructive playing of trying to melt things in the toaster or burn things in the microwave, like uh, microwaving his goldfish and whatnot. Yeah, right now we just don't know anything except for him being destructive. Based on that alone, I don't like him. Like, he scares me. (laughs) He has a great storyline later on, but anyway. Yeah, but we just really don't know much about him right now. Liam, I think, is adorable. Like, he's so cute. But we also just don't see a lot of him. Right. I want to know more about him. Because part of me wonders if he really is Fiona's brother. Or if it's a situation where they're raising him as a sibling. But he's actually somebody else's kid. 
I kind of thought in the first episode, like Frank made it sound like his wife cheated on him, and that's her son with the mailman. Uh, maybe? It's not the post up. No, his um, sponsor. It was with, his sponsor. With Frank's yeah, it's his sponsor. AA sponsor. Frank's AA sponsor. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. And so I was thinking maybe this is like Jack Nicholson situation where like someone who was raised as his sister was actually his mom. <laughs> Because I could see that with this show. That would have been a crazy storyline. Oh it my really gosh. would be. Yeah, I could have seen where, like, yeah. he was Fiona's. and But Frank did reveal... Frank didn't reveal it as he understood that it wasn't his kid. Or I couldn't tell if Frank knew it wasn't his kid or not. I think Frank knows. But, okay. I mean, he's also kind <laughs> of like... He knows, but, you know, Frank is always, like saying just whatever is suits him in the moment. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm sure sometimes it's like, oh, this is my kid. And sometimes it's like, oh, well, your mom, you know. Right. Had an affair with my sponsor. Yeah. Are you guys going to keep watching or what do you think? Who wants to go first, Janelle or Kim? I can go. Yeah, I plan on still keep watching. Um, my brother and I actually both seem to enjoy the show. So I think we might actually try and watch it together because we tend to drive each other crazy normally with what we prefer to watch. So it's good that we found a show we both like. Oh, it makes me so happy. Okay. Yeah, I definitely plan on keep watching. I won't be like binging it because I'm going to try and like keep pace with him, but awesome. I definitely plan on keep watching. Awesome. Janelle? I think I'm going to keep watching it in the future. I don't know that I'm going to right now. I just, mm -hmm. my time's kind of stretched at the moment for like watching other stuff. But I mean, eventually I would love to come back to this and I'm probably going to take it pretty slowly or at least try to at first. Because like I said, it does kind of become a lot. Yeah. At least I haven't gotten to the point yet where I would want to binge on it. So yeah. That's awesome. I'm very happy <laughs> that at least <laughs> you guys enjoyed it. So, you know, win for me. <laughs> have you guys been obsessing about anything recently? I have gotten back into, in the last week or so, gotten back into Cougar Town. I'd been wanting to like rewatch for a while, but just hadn't. I own the first three seasons on DVD, which is good because you cannot find it on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime. Aww. Seasons four through six are not available on DVD. So I've gone through my DVDs and I'm like, but what now? That sucks. <laughs> so I have really enjoyed getting reacquainted with the first three seasons and that show. And I just like was reminded how much I loved it and how much they do a super great job of music on that show because as I was watching I would hear songs and I would remember like this is the show that introduced me to a number of artists because the placement in their show and they did it so well and I just fell in love with those songs um, but that's what I've been obsessing over this past week and it's just been great to spend time with the cul-de-sac crew oh Janelle I haven't really been obsessing over anything just because I mean I've just moved back home and so my parents are kind of in charge of the tv which is fine. I'm not obsessing over it yet, but one of my favorite, I'm going to sound so old, one of my favorite game shows is back now. Have you guys ever heard of Cash Cab? From you, yes. but I've never really gotten into it. Is that the show where they get in a cab and they answer questions for money? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the host or whatever, like, conceals the fact that he is the Cash Cab. So, like, when people get in there, it's a surprise. Hey, dude, you're on a game show. Do you want to play? And then they get to answer questions, general trivia questions with, you know, increasing difficulty. They get increasing amounts of money. 
Well, it has been not rebooted. It's just like continued. I think it went off the air in it's either 2015 or 2012. I can't remember which. And now it's back on GSN with new episodes instead of on Discovery like it had been before. So we've been watching a lot of that. I've been watching... Okay, did you... Have you guys ever seen Snatch? It's a Guy Ritchie movie from 2000. No. I have not, but I want to, and I want to watch the series if I enjoy the movie. Okay, the movie and the series are different. Okay. I saw the movie a while ago, and I just saw that, like, this week that they had a series based on it on Crackle, which is free, like... And I was so excited, and I totally watched that this week, and that's really what got me back into TV again, and I enjoyed it so much. Even if you don't like the movie, I still recommend the TV show because I do think they're very different, but in both really good ways. So that's kind of been my thing. Oh, and my family has been watching Grimm at night. That's what we've been watching. Yeah, so uh, I'm still watching that. I think we're on season two now. Because we only watch like a few episodes a night, yeah. Season two, and especially the finale and pre- of season two and premiere of season three is like my favorite bit of the show. Ooh, yeah, we're really enjoying it. We're getting into it, so thank you, Janelle. You're welcome. And yeah, that's just really what I've been up to. Kim, what are we doing next time? <laughs> so next time, we are going to watch Playing House, which... <gasps> This one is also a little difficult, but as long as you have cable or satellite or whatever, you can sign on to USA Network's website and get the show. I'm pretty sure the first season is 10 episodes, half-hour sitcom, so we're just going to watch the... It'll end up being the whole first season, I'm pretty sure. And this is Jessica St. Clair and Lennon Parham, two real-life best friends who created this show together. And the premise of the show is Jessica St. Clair's character, Emma, is best friends with Lennon Parham's character, Maggie. Maggie is eight months pregnant and still lives in the same small town that they grew up in. Emma lives in China and kind of got out of there pretty much as soon as possible, um, but is coming home for Maggie's baby shower And while Emma is at home, Maggie discovers that her husband is cheating on her online and that their marriage is over and that sort of thing. So Emma decides to stick around and help Maggie through the rest of her pregnancy and with raising the baby and stuff. And so it is just a super fantastic show. I really enjoyed like the first two seasons and then this past summer season three came out and some of the plot lines and some of the things that they the way they took the show like I loved the show before and like I just fell even more in love with it and really need to talk to people about it so I need you all to go watch season one and then fall in love with it and keep watching it so that I can talk to you about season three but for the show we're gonna do season one so that's what we're doing for next week (laughs) awesome I'm excited cool so if you want more I Love It Don't You content, you can visit iloveitdontyou.wordpress.com or find us on our social media. Tell us hi, tell us if you like the show, if you don't like the show, and if you have a minute, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. It would really help us out. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.